Welcome to Icy Icy Ice Man. Anyway, I'm Maddie. I'm Ryan. And you know what? I grew up having a crush on Bobby Drake and I I just assumed he was gay before he was out of the closet. And mm-hmm. um cuz he was you your know, boyfriend and you right. were sleeping together. Right. I mean, together. He, I, admittedly he's pretty hot, but I I don't know if I could do I don't know if I could do it because like right now I'm losing my fucking mind because it's so cold outside. We keep on going through it. It will be it'll be zero degrees one day and then 50 the next. And those really cold days, I just want to die. So like imagine fucking a man made of ice doesn't sound pleasant. So anyway, by the way, Iceman's in this episode. Yeah. Also, (laughs) this is the mutant ages. Iceman, but is it though? Because this is the weirdest version of Iceman. Well, ever. we just finished up the Dark Phoenix saga. Oh, which yeah, I guess- sure. Previously on the X Men, we've been watching the X Men the animated series adaptation of the Phoenix saga, and it was pretty good all the way up until the end when Jean Grey didn't die. And also now we're watching an episode that's happening out of sequence with that, I believe. I don't know. It doesn't really matter though. Jean but- isn't in it. And also Rogue and Storm aren't in it. And Storm is mentioned as being in Africa. So I was kind of like, how far back are we going here? Like, are we going all the way back to like season two storylines or something? Like, I oh, can't wait. tell when that this that episode would make is supposed sense. to I mean, happen. because Rogue's not there either. Okay, right. wait a second. So I have a question already. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> yes, yes, Ryan, you there so, in the front row. Yes. Hi, my name's Ryan, and I want to know like if there's any continuous storylines for the rest of the seasons, because I'm pretty sure the answer is no. I think it's just like a bunch of random one-off episodes, and then well, like, there's a couple, a couple two-parters. Two I think the problem is what we described before, which is that the entire rest of the season is going to have some randomly out-of-sequence episodes, and so there aren't going to be overarching storylines well, okay, because they but already sure. I, blew their was... load with the Phoenix Saga and even some of the Phoenix Saga episodes were missing like in sequence and so yeah I think the rest of the season is just going to be like a hodgepodge of whatever episodes happen to be I think that's what's going to be like for the rest of the series period because yeah. you know how the first three seasons had themes and like overarching storylines like I know what happens in seasons four and five and it's just kind of I know there's a lot of tar- time travel stuff in season four, and then season five is completely random. But by saying time travel is a component of season four, it may as well also be random. Yeah, I mean, it's more like alternate dimensions and timelines, right? Where they're like meeting other versions of themselves and like yeah. interacting. And it's and like stuff. there's a lot of Bishop like going back and forth in time, be like, I gotta save the future. And then he like doesn't and he fucks mm-hmm. something else up instead right. and then cool. fucks up the pre- I don't know. It's Bishop. We, well, He's we've not- already seen some episodes where Bishop does that. So that's no big surprise that that's gonna happen again. 
again. But yeah, I mean, we're we're basically entering into a messier X-Men the animated series era, I which period. is too bad because it also the animation in this episode I was gonna say it already has changed because Beast good. is all out of proportion in several shots. It looks you know? like they're using a different animation studio, which I think is part of why they ended up having these episodes come out out of sequence was because there were some sort of problems with the animation not being good enough on certain episodes and they made them get redone. And then I don't know if they were even good enough at that point. I'm not sure if this is one of the redone episodes, but I can say the the animation definitely doesn't look as polished. There were like a lot of scenes where like a character would be slightly tilting their head and you would just be so aware of the different animation frames as they moved their head or things like that. It, I yeah, don't know, it was the kinds of like things weird. that I never notice, I would suddenly notice in ways that I usually don't with this show. It just looked really choppy. So I don't know. I'm not an animator, but it's like if I'm noticing animation looking bad, then it's definitely a problem, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I, I think there's a lot of proportion problems happening yeah. here. Which makes me wonder if it's the same animation group they wind up using in season five, but who knows? Yeah, it definitely, the character designs look different. Like Jubilee's eyes look bigger and Professor X's eyebrows are like way more intensely pronounced. <laughs> They're it's actually like just sticking everyone... off the side of his head like completely comically now. Yeah, and like everybody's faces are like a little Wolverine bit Wolverine has a mustache. No, yeah. he does not. <laughs> that would be crazy. He's got yeah. like the 80s gay mustache going on. All right, so... I am going to just put a clarification or a clarification. I'm going to put a disclaimer now. That's not the right thing word either. Okay, I'm just <laughs> going to use all the wrong words. And I'm just going to say that, you know, Nor- there's a lot of dialogue in this episode, like yes. so much. And I wrote oh all of it down, God. but I'm going to do, I'm going to do the abridged versions for most of these because like the conversations are mostly stupid. It's okay. So, so ordinarily on this show, there isn't that much dialogue and there's a lot of fight scenes. This episode there is one is, of those, too. There is, but this episode is almost entirely dialogue, and a lot of the dialogue does not matter. And so, like, usually on the show, I write down a lot of the dialogue because usually it all matters, and then I, like, say it later or we come up with funny recaps of it to say on this show. But in this case, I was writing down, like, entire conversations and being like, wow, I didn't need to write any of that down. Like, why the <laughs> fuck... Did I do this? I feel like this is maybe like the longest notes I've ever taken because this episode has so much dialogue and I kept thinking I would need to write stuff down and it kept being like the most I mean, boring it's the shit same I've ever conversation heard. repeated over and over and over. It's like the writing and the animation of this episode just, it does not feel like an episode of this show. All, everyone is acting out of character. Oh, that's uh, another thing. Oh my God. I said that to you when I was watching it. I was like, why is Scott... And Bobby acting like this because yeah. this is not what their character... Beast is fine. I mean, and Professor Xavier is unfortunately acting like his glorious Yeah, Wolverine's self, a little so. out of... I know, it's, uh, Wolverine's a little out of character. Jubilee's fucking great. She's yeah, probably she's like the only great. good thing about this episode, which again, I don't understand why people dislike Jubilee because yeah, she has done nothing. Yeah, I out. know. And I hate... Oh my God, somebody brought it up again the other day. I was like talking about the X-Men and Wolverine and they like... Yeah, the X-Men are great, except for Jubilee. And I was like, she's like my favorite X-Men dude. And they're like, why? And I'm like, okay, you need to like... Uh... Yeah, I was going to be... I was like, go read a comic book. But also, I still haven't seen anything 
are we stuck on the fact that in season five there's Jubilee's fairy tale theater, which is awful? Because I mean, if that's what I people don't are remembering, even I, know. I feel like, I mean, unfortunately, I feel like some of it is just sexism and being like, I couldn't relate to this cool teen girl character because I oh, hate it was teenage a teen boy. girls. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I feel like unfortunately it's that because like we are rewatching these episodes and like. There have been like a few brief moments when Jubilee's been like very mildly annoying, like at best. Most of the time she's like funny and pretty cool. So I think everyone is just wrong. That's I what mean, I'm going to say. There's about far that. more obnoxious characters in the show, like Professor like, Xavier and yeah. sometimes Cyclops. And also Jean Grey has no personality on this show. Yeah. Like if you're going to complain about somebody, there are many other obvious choices anyway let's go through the episode okay so uh we open up and it's a compound which by Mm -hmm. the way i i wonder if this episode somehow i don't know subconsciously imprinted the idea of secret compounds into my mind because (laughs) when we shot our x-men parody and our teens i kept on being like let's go to the secret compound and they screamed out like nine times in this episode and i'm Uh like and much this like is- the X-Men parodies that we made when we were teens, the secret compound doesn't need to exist. Nothing interesting happens at it. The and it's always nighttime. The are boring. It's always nighttime and also everything looks like yeah. shit. So yeah, uh, we recreated it perfectly. Yeah, perfectly. There's these two security guards inside and the, I don't know what they're what is going on with their voiceovers, by the way, because like... I, I don't know. One guy's just like saying something about it's so hot in here and the other guy's like it's not the heat it's the humidity and i'm like what is going on yeah it's like the two voice actors they hired just like did extremely over the top distractingly <laughs> silly voices for these two security guards uh, okay which, yeah i know and I one of them why. says all i know is that one of them says this is just making me wet and i was like what are they talking about <laughs> presumably talking about sweating but they're also having like a th- I don't know, hour long conversation about how hot it is in there. And it's why is it so hot in there? Where are they? I don't. (laughs) There's no air conditioning. I mean, I guess. No, we had we had we had central air in the 90s, right? That was a thing. Yeah. I mean, it's literally just to set up the introduction of Iceman. That is all that this is (laughs) joke wise, because then as the security guards are arguing about how hot it is, Iceman shows up outside of the warehouse and freezes everything and freezes the camera and then like blows this big ice blast through the gates and like gets in and everything. And then the there's like a temperature on the screen where the security guards are indoors <laughs> why the fuck would that be there and then it's like shown know. dropping rapidly because like Iceman's there and he's freezing that's everything. also not how a thermometer works like, but what okay is he freezing exactly like is he finding the thermometer itself and like putting <laughs> a bunch like, of ice giggling and putting it? ice into it i don't yeah, know i don't know so he's doing that and then and then bobby's like breaking open the wall somehow Which, i don't know i think he okay the the insinuation here is that he froze it and it was and then able to break it. it. I don't. Yeah, that's not how I mean, physics work. But whatever. You can do that with some materials, but it's like a pretty not like big a wall. So. Cement wall. No. I don't know. Anyway, he Bobby also has super strength according to this. So he he breaks through a lot of walls in this episode. Right, and then he like walks in. And he straight up kills these two dudes. Yeah, like he freezes them. Like, like Bobby to is toe. basically evil in this incarnation. <laughs> like he and just like, freezes these two guys, which is uh, which is crazy by the way i mean there's been times given like okay so like very eventually it's revealed what his motivations were to be doing any of this and it's like 
everything about that is crazy it makes no sense but i don't know okay so he busts in and he kills these dudes and like the one one of the dudes manages to hit an emergency button real quick Mm -hmm. i don't know what it does though because it doesn't actually i think it just sounds an alarm maybe it sounds an alarm which ironically then xavier hears later maybe well no i think it just i think it's like he has it somehow the computer systems are somehow tied in with the government. I don't know. Well, because later when Xavier like knows well, we're going that this to that attack right now. is going yeah, on. Like, yeah. We so go to like, the X-Men and, and Jubilee is helping Xavier fix something that doesn't actually exist in the real world. And yeah. Jubilee is like offering to pick a, go pick up the part that he's missing. I don't remember I mean, I what he says. Like he's like, part in, um, sorry, it was like, it was like one of the, yeah, it was one of those like Xavier X-Men lines yeah, where it was like, invent some sci-fi uh, technology the thermal that- rapinator <laughs> piece. And like, yeah, you and know. Jubilee's like, no prob, I'll just hop in one of the mini jets and pick up a spare at the, and Xavier goes, Jubilee, and she goes, busted, and it's like, what, she didn't even try, like, she immediately was busted. She could still go take the jet, I mean, I like, know. she she does a lot of stuff of this without anybody noticing, so. I know, and so Xavier's like, you know you're not authorized to fly the mini jets, and then Jubilee is like, but I'm ready, and Xavier's like, not according to your simulation tests, Jubilee. You can't act, keep acting like some impulsive child. Okay, and but what does like, he expect of her? She She's is like thirteen. <laughs> what the fuck? Anyway, it's because Xavier's like, now that you're a child soldier, you need to grow the fuck up, go to war. Yeah. And so then Jubilee's comeback is, well, maybe if you'd stop treating me like one, and like that's weird to me too because. The reason he's treating her like a child is because she is a child, except that he's also telling her to stop acting like a child. And so I mean, I don't well, know. I just that's, felt like that's it was badly pot- okay, written, you know basically. What? Charles Xavier is a hypocrite. So I mean, he's... there's that, but I actually do just feel like this interchange is badly written too, because it's oh, like too. as though the that writers too. have forgotten that Jubilee is a child and that therefore it would make no sense for anyone. It's like how much time has actually gone by here since she joined, you know? I don't know. I mean, but don't worry. Guess what happens, Maddie? The mutant alarm. <laughs> the mutant alarm. <laughs> the mutant alarm goes off and it's like oh my god it's back somehow yeah and then cerebro which is still being voiced by professor xavier's voice which will never stop being confusing to me on this show (laughs) says attention i'm registering violent mutant activity scanning federal satellite transmissions to corroborate and then it shows this compound the compound on the screen yeah and it's like property is identified as a federal storage depot restricted access and Xavier asks for information about the mutant that's attacking it. Jubilee, Jubilee thinks it's Storm. Yeah, because Cerebro says that the mutant has the power to manipulate ice. And Jubilee's like, Storm's in Africa. And then it shows like a picture of Bobby. And it's like, the mutant has been identified. Robert okay. Drake. Oh, what's great is that like, it's like the, it's like, it's Iceman. And Jubilee's like, who's that? And Xavier just like leaves. <laughs> well, I mean. Like no time to explain anything. That's a whole nother thing. Oh, wait, hold on. Wait, <laughs> then we cut to the scene that doesn't need to be there, but it's clearly it's just eye so candy. It doesn't need to be there. So Wolverine's sleeping naked. Naked. And he wakes up and destroys his alarm clock, like in this very Jessica Jones style. Also, his alarm was going off at 12.07, I guess, p.m. And he's like, <laughs> You that? And he like complains later about not getting good night's sleep. And it's like, Logan, you're setting your alarm for noon, apparently. Or like, or it was like midnight, which would make more sense because it's nighttime and Jubilee's awake and so is Xavier. Okay, and Jubilee, but then like, why was he setting his alarm for midnight? That's who the crazy. fuck knows? I mean, it does. It is crazy. But also, for some reason, I would buy that Logan would do that because okay, Logan's wait, a fucking you know weirdo. What? You know what I bet it actually is? This just occurred to me. I bet the mutant 
Putin alarm actually is an alarm that triggers like every alarm in the building. And that's why Logan is so cranky later about getting woken up. Because if it's well, actually probably. the middle of the night, right. then that would make like a thousand times more sense. Okay. Okay, but well, anyway. then also though, right after the fucking mutant alarm, Xavier beams into his mind and says... To like kind of check out Logan, I would X-Men assume. X-Men assemble at the Blackboard at once. So it's like, what, Logan needs an alarm to go off and then also Xavier alarm I mean, I don't know head? what's going on with all the mutant alarms happening here and why there are so many that just went off in there's, like a five-second like radius. Bit- too much communication at the x-mansion basically no and it was like it, it was just an eye candy shop for all of us who wanted to see wolverine naked which we all did uh-huh you know i, I mean, mean like it's that's, like it's fine I, I honestly in terms of things to complain about in this episode i didn't hate this that's scene. probably i mean None that was probably my sense. only scene that i did enjoy well actually that's not true there's some good jubilee's jubilee got some good moments okay so then we see a shot of logan and cyclops and Beast oh my god here we go again they're, yeah they're running to the fucking blackbird and cyclops screams What's the situation? Xavier just goes, I can't explain. And I'm like, why can't you explain? All you need to say is that, all you need to say is that there's somebody, a mutant with ice powers attacking a facility and they think it's your old friend Iceman. That's all you need to say. But for some reason, he waits like three hours to say that. He's like, I'll explain later. Yeah, like, it's When too they're like much landing at the compound, he's like, by the way, it's Bobby. Anyway, Wolverine goes, this better be good. If I don't get a full night's sleep, I'm cranky all day. And then Jubilee tries to tag along and she's like, mansion's all locked up. Let's jet. And Xavier's like, no, Jubilee, you stay here and prepare the infirmary in case we need it. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know why that's her job. I mean, what, she a, is he, she a fucking nurse now? I don't I don't even I don't know. It's just this an is, excuse I agree to, that this episode doesn't make any sense. It so. really doesn't. And I mean, it, it kind of feels like it's just an excuse to leave Jubilee home so that then later she can be annoyed that she didn't get to go. To I mean, this. they could have come up with any reason. They could have just been like, you can't go. It's too dangerous. Though. Yeah. That's basically the real reason. It's just that Xavier isn't saying that in so many No, he words. isn't. But thank you. Jubilee has a line there that I can't even understand as the Blackbird's taking off. I don't know if you caught it, where she's no. like, what am I? It sounds like she's saying, what am I, a candy striper? And I'm like, that's not what she's saying for sure. Oh, it could be because a candy striper is a hospital volunteer. Is it really? Yeah, because candy stripers... I thought stripers... she was like... I thought it was mishearing it as like... No, is that some kind of like right. candy cane? Yeah. Uh, so candy stripers... This is like an old like 1960s and 70s and earlier thing where volunteers Why would, would she know what that is? I don't know what that white is. white striped uh, uniforms to indicate that they were like volunteers. And usually teenage girls would do it. Like my mom was a candy striper as a kid. What the fuck? Okay, well, I guess I did hear the line correct. You just had to explain it to me. It's but just that if I didn't know what it was, how would show? have any one in like a child no or a child teenage- would know what that is unless they were me and yeah. they had a mom who did it and also like <laughs> jubilee wouldn't make that joke no she'd she just, wouldn't she'd just be like what am i a nurse like she wouldn't say candy striper i don't even think candy striper program still exists people can write into the oh my god I'm, i am so us. glad that like that was the correct thing i heard i just thought it was weird i was <laughs> like that can't be what she's saying is she talking well, about cotton candy i don't I know i didn't even bother writing it down because i didn't care anyway on the blackbird oh my um, god i guess xavier has updated them on bobby because the first line i bothered to write down was cyclops complaining about bobby and saying it's just like before the guy's trouble okay i okay already they <laughs> scott and bobby were like the original x-men right and which so, is also true in this canon although they have a different take yes, on it yes but 
and Bobby has canonically always been somebody who like is a prankster and it does annoy Scott and he likes to like get under his skin like that but Scott and Bobby are also like really good friends Mm -hmm. (laughs) so this is weird and also there's a whole insinuation here that Bobby quit which does happen in the comics but Scott quit with Bobby in the comics so it's like I don't know what's happening here I think like why Cyclops is so angry I think the reason they did this is because they had to come up with some justification for why we've never seen Bobby before now. And I guess they didn't want to just introduce him as a completely new character because they should have just added him to the the lineup. I mean, that's kind of strange that they did kind of what they were going to maybe do here, except then for whatever reason, didn't because the way this episode plays out is kind of like, Oh, so you've never heard of him before, but there's this other guy who used to be one of the original X-Men and and Beast and Cyclops and Xavier all have these specific memories of him, but all the newer X-Men don't know him. And like, he's coming back, which is like fine. And they could have just done that, except that for some reason they make the conflict like way too intense. And they're like, not only did Bobby quit, he quit on like ridiculously bad terms and he's like dangerous and killing people now. And like on a weird revenge quest that has strange motivations. And then also is never going to show up again on this show. Yeah. And and like, it's, it's crazy. And we'll just quickly summarize this because this conversation goes on for like 20 minutes where I know and I wrote it all down but it's really tiring it is Um, it is and it's like a lot of Cyclops being like oh we can't trust Iceman he's all trouble and Wolverine's mm -hmm. like are we against him and Xavier's like we're not against him and And Wolverine's like so "So are we with with him him? and Xavier goes of course not which is like he's destroying federal property and I was like oh my god Xavier stop and then Wolverine's like well glad we cleared that up which was actually a funny funny line (laughs) Uh, and Cyclops does go on about how he's a menace to society and that he quit and Wolverine's asking if he quit or if he got canned and Xavier's just like he was a problem child but like you know what? We should just discipline him more. And Scott's like, you're just making excuses for him. And Beast is like, well, he's kind of free-spirited. And Cyclops like, Cyclops is like, stop coddling him. And Beast is, is just like, shut up, you're a fucking asshole. Stop. Like, the pretty much. Like, yeah, Beast I is mean, over it. It's such so. a long scene. Like, just to emphasize, like, all of those lines are in there, except all of them are three times as long as what Ryan just said. And, like... That is like the longest talking scene oh I think my we've God. ever it, had on the show. I know. And it's about a character we haven't even met yet. We don't know and anything have about no it information. About. It's like, I mean, why we do, do but this? you know, if we didn't as a new viewer but just from like storytelling perspective, this is like this is so much boring exposition about a thing we have no stake in. It's really rough. It really is. Anyway. It, it ends with Xavier basically being like, I want him back here safely unless we can't, and then we have to kill I mean, him. Like, and it's like, what the hell? <laughs> like, a better version of this show, like a previous episode of this show would have delivered all the exposition in like five lines tops and like that's that would be that i I, this is like one of the things i do actually really enjoy about x-men evolution is that the dialogue is pretty seamless on that show and like i think that's why this show is like that too but but... you know what i I know i agree and i was thinking about that before we recorded the episode and i was like "Ah, is there any kind of 90s show that had like great dialogue and i was like well no yeah i mean obviously a serious show like this could have because gargoyles i feel like gargoyles and batman the animated series had uh a better sense on how to deal with dialogue well i mean these are the shows that people cite from the 90s that were like this is the beginning of the revolution of animated children's television it's like those shows i feel like it's just how many times have we talked about those three shows on this show like every fucking week we i feel like like, we're about to enter like batman i know i I know gargoyles (laughs) batman tiny toons animaniacs freakazoid what okay muppet babies all right so (laughs) 
everyone's favorites. Anyway, they arrive and Cyclops is like, let's split up. We grab Iceman and we get clear without taking in those soldiers. And it's like, okay, thanks for the most basic plan of all time that didn't need to be a line of television. And then (laughs) Cyclops is like wearing his uniform, but with like a leather jacket over it, which I wrote down because I thought it was funny. Yeah, I I think it's just barring rogues, honestly. Yeah, I mean, this is why I was like, is this supposed to be taking place while Gene is dead? Because Cyclops seems so pissy the whole time. And so I was just trying to come up with some type of reason as to why, but... I don't know. I don't know when this episode is supposed to take place, and it never matters. I mean, all we know is that Storm and Rogue are off dating somewhere again. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, at least they're happy. So Bobby. Oh wait, is where's like, Gambit? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Probably good, part of that. I don't good know. Question. He's 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 on his own date. Um. So Bobby is building an ice wall and like fighting off these random soldiers, and then. Also, when he transforms back into himself, he's still wearing his X Men uniform because I guess he like doesn't have any other clothes. I don't know why he's still wearing that, but maybe because yeah, it, it is helps him transform. Point. And so then he says to himself of the soldiers, this is getting way too hot for me. And then Beast overhears it and is like, I see you've maintained your engaging sense of humor. And Bobby looks up and sees Beast hanging down and is like, Beast, what's up besides you? And then Beast like flies down onto him. This is like a strange time to have like such a normal conversation when people are shooting at them. And then like as that's happening, Bobby suddenly changes his tune and goes, wait a minute, Xavier sent you. And Beast goes, Professor Xavier was concerned for your safety. Why is he he landing on the professor so freaking hard? Like, it's I don't know. I don't know. And so Bobby goes, I don't want his help or yours. And then like blasts Beast and like knocks him down, which is like, okay. Like everybody is like turned up to 11 on the drama in this episode. I know because then Logan jumps out and he tackles Bobby and he's like, okay, pal. You come easy, or else I'll get... Wait, <laughs> that's not... <laughs> okay, I don't know what the line okay, is. because I just actually wrote... is the line. That is no, the no, line. No, 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 I know I that's what that starts, but, but then the rest, I just... <laughs> I think he said something about a cocktail, but that's not what I wrote down. <laughs> he says, okay, pal, you come easy, or I get to make cocktail ice for a hundred, which is like, I'm going to dice you up in ice cubes. I, all, all I wrote is like, you come easy, and I want your cock of ice. I mean, that's basically what the vibe is i mean i agree but it's really funny that i was reading the line like as i thought it was verbatim and then realized that what i wrote was just like down a joke line yeah (laughs) that is really funny so bobby freezes him and then bobby's like you're skating on thin ice and then cyclops walks up and is like so are you drake and then he blasts bobby and there's this really shittily animated crossfade (laughs) of bobby like falling through logan but it's actually just a crossfade from a different frame and like he's not supposed to be falling through logan he's just supposed to be falling and it looks terrible (laughs) and then he like falls over and passes out basically and cyclops uses eye beams to bust open the ice which i don't know how that it's easy like he tones it down and like like freeze logan and doesn't hurt him i guess i mean there's a lot of moments on this show where he's shown like adjusting his eye beams in some way so like that's believable I that's guess. true but then logan has like great line where he goes a touch of overkill there squinty yeah it is fun and then scott turns to bobby and is like you have no right to wear that uniform take it off and get naked right now <laughs> and then beast shows up followed by like a bunch of helicopters and searchlights Which, where and were like, they during all this by the know. way and he just goes it seems <laughs> we've overstayed our welcome and then logan's like something tells me this ain't a run-of-the-mill storage Par- yeah. depot and then cyclops tells xavier Wait, that they're in this trouble. whole scene is crazy by I the know, way i know 
And so Xavier just like solves the problem by making all the strangers hallucinate like a massive scorpion attacking them. Basically, no, I was like, he's like, I'll use, I'll see what I can do. And he creates a hallucination of like kaiju attacking them. And for some reason, they buy it. Yeah, and then they all run away. And then Beast is like eminently preferable to a physical confrontation. And Logan is like, says, who? okay, Xavier could just have like got into their minds a bit like we should just turn around for some reason instead he like he invents like this insane dinosaur scene i don't know i don't know xavier likes freaking people out like that's okay, that's always true. his go-to xavier, xavier's thing is just, just like see how quickly he can give somebody ptsd well it's also like he could have just had them all imagine an illusion of the x-men running a different direction and just like I mean, let them on a wild true. goose chase like it would that would have been easier than manifesting these like fucking monsters attacking i don't know but them. it is funny because a beast literally goes that was an unusual tactic yeah and it's also like why aren't they doing this all the time whatever it's i don't know it, well, it's very like emma frost mastermind for xavier to be like doing this but I, I agree but then we go back to the x-mansion and uh beast has carried bobby there and there's okay here's like a whole another this conversation is like another hour-long conversation okay i like i did the best what i could with it so basically xavier's like i demand to know what you were doing in the complex and bobby was like i have nothing to say to you and xavier's like we probably saved your life last night and bobby's like nobody asked you to which at this point i was like they're just they're not this isn't a conversation and then jubilee finally goes what's with those two and beast is like it's a surrogate father-son bondage thing with the side of dominance <laughs> and jubilee's like i don't know what that gay stuff is that you're referring to and Logan's like i do bobby likes to question authority which i never do i, I know like, like logan saying that line i was like logan are you aware that you also do this and then i was kind of like should i be giving the show more credit and like that's why they're giving logan these lines where he's kind of like not jealous of Bobby, but perhaps like sensing that there's going to be another cool guy on the team and feeling some insecurity about that. I mean, no, I think you're giving them too much credit. I, I think Logan's just acting weird here. Then yeah. Cyclops goes, you owe us an explanation. And Xavier's like, oh, sorry. And Bobby says, last time I checked, I flunked out of this loony bin, which is like, why is he saying that? Yeah. And even Xavier's like, you didn't flunk. You chose to leave. I know. And Bobby goes, I chose to make decisions for myself instead of playing the good soldier boy while pointing at Cyclops. <laughs> and Logan just goes, oh, that's them some fighting words. And he and plops, plops his, his claws, claws to no one, by I the mean, way. I guess to Bobby, because now Jubilee's he's like just standing there staring boyfriend. at him, by the way. Yeah. She's like, what are you doing? And Cyclops is like, don't push me, Drake. I push back. And Bobby's like, anytime, Apple Polisher, I'm right here. And Xavier's like, stop fighting. <laughs> and then he just goes, are you going back to the compound? And Bobby just goes, maybe. And Xavier's like, I can't, exp- I can't support this. And Bobby's like, it's my life, dad. I don't work for you anymore, so I can do whatever I want. And you can't send me to detention hall. And Xavier just pulls a piece of shit move where he goes, yeah, well, until I decide if you're good or not, and I'm going to just trap you here. And she, he puts him in like this tube. A force field tube, which I like think something is hurting fucking Zordon him. could like float in so he's just floating there and jubilee's like what the fuck is happening right now and beast is like i designed that with shiar parts of the ship in that shitty warlock episode with lady Deathstrike, <laughs> and it's supposed it's supposed to promote healing but xavier has already managed to turn it into some kind of torture device Which to I continue being a piece of shit <laughs> was a fun line because it was kind of like this tension there where beast is like 
I didn't realize it could be used for something else. And it's yeah. like, is anyone going to call Xavier on this? Like, he's just fucking imprisoning Bobby and torturing him suddenly. And everybody's like, oh, well, that's what Bobby gets for mouthing off to Xavier. And it's like, what is happening? Wait, I, I agree. Even Jub- I love how Jubilee's like straight up like, what? I mean, okay, by the way, we're not done. This keeps going. Bobby goes, <laughs> you don't understand. And Xavier's, Xavier's like, tell me why you have to trust me. And Bobby's like, trust you? I tried that once. I can't trust any of you. And Jubilee's just like, what in the actual fuck is happening? Yeah, she's happening? just like looking sad and stuff. Right. And so she goes off to do her Wait, own investigation. This scene made me laugh really hard, though. Because yeah. she goes and researches Iceman on the computer. And she's like quietly typing in Iceman. And then it goes, the computer goes, researching Iceman! <laughs> and Jubilee's like, cut the volume down. It is really funny. And so then oh my God. the computer shows her all this old danger room footage of Iceman and the X-Men like posing for the camera, basically. And the computer's like recruited by Xavier at age 16, high potential, low discipline. And then it like shows Drake juggling a bunch of ice balls and fighting Yeah, when he's Magneto like a snowman still. And like making faces at the camera. And Jubilee goes, and seriously cute. And then okay, Logan but walks then I in. love how Logan walks in and says, "You got to be careful about the pretty packages." It basically admits the Iceman is cute. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is calling him a pretty package, and then he's yeah. like, "What's inside is usually trouble," which is like, "Wow, Logan, you're admitting you have terrible taste in men—a thing we all already <laughs> do." <laughs> and then Jubilee just goes, "I didn't hear you come in. Did you know Bobby?" Which, like, wouldn't she know? Logan doesn't know bobby but i guess not. i don't know i guess she doesn't know the extent of how long he's been around logan goes nope before my time from what i hear he's dangerous to have around and jubilee goes hmm kind of like you and then i like a jubilee because like the second that's the second time that wolverine's been like there ain't no rebels on this team well, that's and jubilee's part of like why i Fuck think it's off. intentional like there's like almost a good episode here it's just too bad that it's like <laughs> i mean all this, all this stuff with jubilee is great because it's kind of like all this shitty dialogue's happening and Jubilee just keeps on being like, what's up with the shitty dialogue? <laughs> yeah, except she has too much dialogue too. Like, she's overwritten too. I There's agree. like so many shots, like especially in this next scene where she's like, goes back to eavesdropping on Bobby again. It's like, every single between every line there's a reaction shot to jubilee being like huh wow and it's like what who is she fucking talking to like th- there's no one in the hallway with her, her so. she's talking to the cube which is yeah. also the ship uh, <laughs> wait so cube. wait wolverine's giving jubilee a death glare and she's just like laughing at him which i think is adorable by the way it is and meanwhile cute. iceman's still trying to escape but he can't and beast brings in some lunch and beast is like Food for the body and the soul. And Iceman's like, neither of those are hungry right now. And Beast <laughs> is like, you hunger for something. Which kind of kind of sounds like his dick. And you know, Bobby and Beast could like, in the comic books, have had a thing. So I would buy that. But Iceman says, sorry Beast, I can't tell you. And Beast just is like casually like, so anyway, what's going on with Lorna? And Iceman's <laughs> like, this has nothing to do with Lorna. And Jubilee's listening. She goes, who the fuck? fuck is Lorna yeah she like shouts it to no one which I know is like why how this show has to work but I'm also like why is Jubilee just shouting alone in the hallway <laughs> I know it's, it's I very mean, comical I, yeah. I kind of wish we like remade this episode just in person <laughs> why did we pick this one to remake no because it'd be really episodes? funny it's like demon quality anyway so Beast is like Bobby I'm always your friend and sometimes your boyfriend please tell me what's going on and then 
Oh my god, this is when Iceman. This is I like wrote where they... down all of this. You want me to do a dramatic reading of this fucking monologue? I will. Yeah, sure. Do it in your best Bobby Drake voice. Okay, so for some reason, even though Bobby has been refusing to share any information this entire time, now he's willing to do it now that it's just him and Beast to make of that what you will. So he goes, I tried doing what Xavier wanted, it was never enough to please him. Then, after we nearly lost Lorna, I took off and Lorna came with me. I got a job. We lived like normal people. And I, I mean, by the way, I feel like it's already implied here that Lorna is also a mutant, although they're not explaining she's Polaris or anything. They don't say yeah, that. They, don't. they just show her and Bobby like at the X-Mansion during this as like, this hey, monologue no. is happening. There's like a flashback yeah. and stuff. But now the two of them are living like normal people and Bobby's an accountant and they're like living in a suburban area. So anyway, Bobby continues, we weren't trying to fight the entire world. We were young, very much in love. Then the arguments began. Always about our powers and our duty to use them in the fight for mutants' rights. Lorna sounded more and more like Xavier, but I still loved her. One day I came by her apartment. She was gone. The place was a wreck. My only lead was a scrap of paper with the words Kirby Glenn. <laughs> I, like, I don't know why that was there. Okay. I have so many questions about that okay, situation. I mean, okay, Wait, so first, first of all, are, are we? Am I so, we are, are we, supposed, we can talk about it when we get there. I are guess. we supposed to believe that Bobby's straight in this situation? Yes, we are, which is stupid and wrong. But it's a, I mean, it's already crazy because like Bobby and Lorna left the X Men together, but didn't live together. I guess the Lorna Havoc stuff is more close to true later in the episode. Well, yeah, sure. So Bobby's like talking to Beastel and he goes I think the government grabbed Lorna to which Jubilee outside goes bummer which is a really <laughs> weird reaction to have to that it is uh, Bobby says Hank get me out of here and Beast is all like you know I can't let go of the past and Bobby's like you know I can't and Beast is like sorry my old friend and he leaves and then immediately Bobby is just released and Bobby's like whoa what happened but then it cuts to like the hall and beast is like monologuing to himself and then he realizes that he forgot to give bobby a book to read like bobby would ever read a book by yeah, the way and also like bobby Maybe is suspended inside of like a tube torture yes. chamber and what he's gonna read a fucking book in there i okay. know I, I, I just love beasts that's how beast that's like beast he's such a nerd he's like I he's better so socially awkward him. and i it's love him it's really really cute yeah i know and so he goes back and then he's like <gasps> he's gone and then you know it turns out they're gone and it it goes back to the compound which they got back to so fast it must have been like down the fucking street or something i don't know and so jubilee obviously is the person who let bobby out and now she and bobby are infiltrating the compound and so bobby tries to head in without jubilee and she's like fuck you i was good enough to help you back at the mansion i'm good enough to help you here and he's like you're right let's go and then he like shows her the camera and she uses her powers to destroy it and then bobby like freezes a fence and knocks it open that makes sense that does make it sense. it does make sense and then he's like this is a piece of cake and then jubilee goes and where are the crumbs because two other people have just <laughs> I showed catch up that joke but that's pretty funny fight them and it's i think it's forge i mean they're standing in the shadows but i think it's forge and like somebody else i don't know strong I think guy it, maybe i think it's havoc Oh, it might be Havoc. Man? I think it might be Man. I don't know. We don't know who they are. They're in the shadows, but it's going to be revealed later that it's them. I know. Um, And they blast blast Bobby away, and it cuts the the Blackbird, in which they're all back in there again. Scott's like, I'm going to shove my dick down Bobby's throat for taking Jubilee. (laughs) That's that's verbatim, by the way. Yeah. And then Logan goes, how do you know she didn't help him escape? And Beast is like, 
She may have overheard my exchange with Bobby and had sympathy for his dilemma. And Cyclops goes, Drake has no respect for anyone. Give him an order and he ignores it. It's like, okay. <laughs> Cyclops just needs to fucking chill. Seriously. And Xavier's He's not fit also to leave this like team. There still for some reason. I don't actually know why Xavier is physically going on these missions because he's not know. really he, helping. I mean, he, but, I, he isn't in any form of the way. He I mean, can't he lead. And he's like, imagine monsters previously. Which but is like, still unnecessary. All he's really doing in this scene is just feeling really fucking sorry for himself again. And so and maybe he's that's why he's there. Is that, maybe he's he's there to be like i feel really bad for bobby he's like blaming himself yeah um, he's like losing bobby again has made me realize that sometimes good leadership is knowing when not to give orders and logan goes don't worry i won't say i told you so like to scott which is which I is I thought, I thought it was like a weird interaction i felt like i mean i feel like xavier was trying to learn something there but like still managed to not learn anything yeah like i think there's a line later that's kind of weird where Xavier's like, I realize now I shouldn't have disciplined Bobby. I should have been his friend. And it's like, I feel like it's more complicated than that. I man. think it like, is too. I, I agree. Because Bobby was also like trying to kill people. So I it's mean, like, it, seriously, it, Wolverine I don't know. gets I don't that. Know. It's bad. I don't know. So Wolverine and Beast and Logan. I just said Wolverine Beast. Like Wolverine Beast Wolverine, and Cyclops. Wolverine and Wolverine. And also Wolverine find the gate busted open. And they're like, and Cyclops is immediately like, Bobby did this. And, and it's, it's like, like fucking duh, dude. Oh, who else do you think broke into this car? I don't know. And like, meanwhile, uh, Force just like walks out of the shadows to a monitor. He goes, the X-Men are here. It's yeah. like, He's like, hey, he's, security guards, leave the X-Men to us. And the security guards are like, okay. They're like, I don't care what's happening. And then all Jubilee and Iceman are like strapped down in bondage chairs and in mm-hmm. a, a warehouse or something. And Jubilee sees a box that says Mutant Project, which, by the way, that's never explained. Yeah, I know. I don't know what that is. I mean, I <laughs> guess it's explained insofar as later Forge is like, well... I don't know. They're just not, they're not calling it anything, but no, yeah. I don't know. Uh, Bobby then kind of goes, uh-huh, uh-huh, and then he wakes up and he's like, you wouldn't happen to have an aspirin the size of a bus, would you? And Jubilee's like, sorry, left it in my other purse, which is kind of funny because Jubilee would never have a purse. It is cute. Uh, Jubilee can't escape because she's got metal mittens on her and it yeah, like, dampens and she's her like, powers. Somebody really did their homework and Bobby's like, guess they forgot to read the chapter on me because he can get out of his bonds I know, like, I was like, fine. so, it was like they made sure to do that, but they did absolutely nothing to like make sure that Bobby couldn't escape, well, which is a little crazy. because I guess crazy. they only researched the X-Men and not Bobby, except Bobby just attacked the compound like I don't but know, also six Polaris is going to be so, there. I don't know. Like, wouldn't they think maybe Bobby was going to come back and like research some stuff on him? Okay, anyway. but I do like this next scene where Iceman says, "Time to kiss the good door goodbye." But then Logan just jumps through it and jumps on top of Bobby. So I guess they're making out. Like, it's just kind of a weird. I don't know. There's, <laughs> there there's like all this sexual tension between them in this. The team. There's a lot of sexual tension between Bobby and every character in this episode. Like it's happening between like Cyclops is so mad and it's weirdly sexual. And then Beast and Bobby have like an old like fling. And Wolverine's well, like Beast and Bobby are cute. Yeah. yeah, Wolverine's like got a little rivalry, but wants to fuck. Jubilee wants to fuck him. Xavier probably does too, but like in a weird daddy yeah, situation. It's like this weird dad thing with Xavier, where Xavier's yeah. like, I wanted to discipline Bobby more. And it's 
like, dude, please stop this. Stop. It's like it's like everybody on the show is like, Bobby is just so hot. And it just like pulls everything on the show to a screeching halt for this one episode because Bobby is just like too hot, which is ironic because he's crazy. I mean, like he is hot, but if there was any character on the X Men that people would be falling over, it's usually Gambit. So yes, yeah, that would be a more fun way to do this episode if this was like about Gambit being a bad boy. I feel like that would make a lot more sense. But that's yeah, and then like then you know there could be like jokes about Wolverine be like what needed to spank him and I don't know. Um, okay, so anyway. now it's just a fan fiction you're writing. Anyway, <laughs> right, so Scott's like, Cyclops Jubilee. Is like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh, Jubilee, how could you help this misfit escape? And Jubilee has that great line, which is like, because he needed us and the rest of you were too busy being a piece of shit to notice. So Yeah. And Xavier is like, Jubilee's right. I fell back into my old role as Bobby's disapproving headmaster. I should have tried a new role. His friend. And I'm like, I don't know. Xavier. I don't know. Xavier's <laughs> like, I can't be his daddy anymore. I was I, like, what is happening? Like On the one hand, I don't want Xavier to just be kidnapping random people and torturing them. Like, that's fucked up. But I'm also kind of like... I don't know what the right thing to do here was because <laughs> everyone was just acting crazy and needed to know. stop. I don't know. Well, anyway, there's no more dialogue now because the rest of the episode is going to be this like really long fight scene mm-hmm. in which Havoc shows oh my up God. and he does have one funny line, which is hate to bust up the therapy session, but your hour is up, which I was like, yeah, that's funny. That is funny. I <laughs> and agree. And then Quicksilver's there and Logan goes, who the heck are they? And there's like a bajillion other mutants there that are like um, seemingly I have the cliff notes here. It's, it's, I mean, it's definitely supposed to be X-Factor. So Jubilee gets knocked out by Quicksilver and Havoc and Cyclops are fighting because they don't know each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iceman they beam makes... each other. It doesn't work. And they're like, right. why isn't it working? I know. Iceman makes strong guys slip on some ice and then he creates a little slide for him and Jubilee to escape out of, out of a hole in the wall. But strong guy just runs through the wall and creates another hole in the wall. Mm-hmm. That's when the Cyclops and Havoc thing happens. And then like during that, Xavier keeps trying to call cyclops and be like scott i have to tell you something but then it like doesn't go through for some reason yeah, so then i was like fight does xavier like know that they're brothers and he's like trying to tell scott that but for some reason I, that's, what I thought, that's really what i thought was work. happening also and but i don't know i don't know so then beast goes after a girl and he's like i don't believe we've met and then it turns it's out to Wolf be wolfsbane yeah and then they attack and then iceman throws a like a snowball at strong guy which definitely works and defeats him immediately no, yeah i know uh beast and wolfsbane <laughs> Wolfsbane are still fighting. Quicksilver has Jubilee in like a speed tornado. Mm-hmm. Um, Logan versus Multiple Man. And then like he, Multiple Man's like, why don't you punch me? And Warren's like, okay. And then he <laughs> multiplies. So Logan says, what's this? A two for one sale? And Multiple Man's like, no, it's more like a baker's dozen. Which actually, that is probably the most it's in cute. character line. And then Xavier finally is like, how about I finally do anything? Except he doesn't really. He just beams into everyone's minds and is like, X-Men, the mutants who you're fighting seem to know your powers. Adjust adversaries to throw them off balance. That's not how it happens. I mean, like, you're right, he does say that, but it happens when Jubilee is just, like, screaming in the background, and then (laughs) Jubilee, like, hits, and then she sees that Cyclops is not able to do anything on Havoc, so even though she's in a speed tornado, she shoots at Havoc and knocks him out. She's the one that figures out, like, okay, I can't fight this dude, but I can fight that dude. And that's when Xavier says what you just said. And he's right, like, and I follow think he Jubilee's gives a example. shout out to Jubilee as well. In, in yeah, I mean, it's it. I, it's kind of like this whole episode opened up with everyone be like, 
Jubilee, you can't do any kind of mission. And it turns out she's like doing the entire mission right now. So Yeah. And so then Wolverine ends up facing against Strong Guy, except he doesn't even actually fight him because Iceman just topples over a water tower and freezes everything onto him anyway. And like I thought, well, I think Wolverine cut it down, but I think you're right that Iceman then froze it, because then he jumps on top of Strong Guy. He's like, Where's Lorna Dane? And Forge is like, She's right here. And apparently Lorna was just standing there watching standing them there the fight the whole time. time. And like not participating. <laughs> which is actually really funny to me it is and so lorna goes bobby and then she sees havoc and she screams havoc and runs over to him and like embraces him and is like are and, like, you all right and then and bobby's immediately like, sad together. also this is like a really weird take on lorna also because lorna is not this tame ever like lorna <laughs> i mean you say that except that like the thing that she does to get bobby off her tail is Crazy. Okay, wait, never mind. You're right. Okay, I take it back. Okay. So anyway, we'll get to that. Um, Forge does a little monologue to Professor X where he's like, Professor Charles Xavier, I am Forge. That is Havoc, Multiple Man, Strong Guy, <laughs> Quicksilver, Wolfsbane. We are a mutant team recently formed under the auspices of the federal government. And Xavier's like immediately pissed off and is like, what he's do like, you mean? why didn't they tell I me? I work with the government in I this am area. Xavier and I know everything about the government. I like how we're just like, Screaming He's so what Xavier whiny. is doing. And Forge just goes, you above all people can appreciate our need for secrecy. Okay, also they're probably like, we trust Forge more than we trust you, Professor Xavier. Yeah, Ellie, like Xavier, I mean, no offense to the X-Men, but they do fuck up a lot. So like, I kind of <laughs> yeah, get I know. it. Yeah. And so Logan just goes, great, now they're hiring mutants to wipe out other mutants. And Forge is like, not so, we want to make the world safe for all mutants, yourselves included. And Xavier's like, why'd you attack us? And Forge is like, you broke into our training camp. I must admit, we did not warn you. I thought a friendly little skirmish with the X-Men might teach us a few pointers, which this is so dumb, Ryan. Like, I, I agree. I agree. Like, and they all like, could have died. Like, that well, also, being I mean, the premise... It did legit- I agree. But at the beginning of that sentence, that did make sense with Forge. Like, well, first of all, you all broke in here. Yeah, like, which he is true. you could have just said that and been like, you guys broke in and we were just defending ourselves. Like, that would have been fine to say. I Except agree. that then there needs to be some justification as to why they had why researched they kept the X-Men extensively. And, like, why and also, Lorna just like, stood there watched with Forge the entire time. Yeah, and so Wolverine is really pissed about this, much like me, and he pops his claws and goes, I got your pointers right here, like, in response to the fight teaching them pointers about the X-Men. Yeah. But we never really see the end of that. Uh, we Bobby don't. goes to Lorna and is like, what are you doing here? And Lorna goes, Forge recruited me in Seattle because of my experience with the X-Men. The way you felt, you would have tried to stop me. So we faked my own disappearance. Which and is crazy. Is, You're right. It's and really... It's like, that is... I mean, the, I guess I feel like... doesn't really emphasize how nuts that actually would be to do because I mean, that's something that lorna would absolutely do but i think i'm just thrown because like her voice in this is just she's like, so calm she's like she's like forge hired me for his team uh-huh <laughs> yeah she has this cute little like 90s girl voice where she's just like, i know i think they just didn't know yeah i don't know it's a strange they just didn't give like that actress like you know any kind of like notes on like what kind of well, character so she's she, does she ever come back or no no that's it we see yeah. her again in wolverine the x-men in another weird incarnation of her you know what's actually kind of kind of interesting is that that live action show by fox that's terrible the gifted yeah it has polaris in it she's yeah. like probably she and the the cuckoos are like the only part that are like even remotely correct like and she's that actress well, but is, every other character on that show is like invented and not from anything right so no they have thunderbird there but oh. yeah i think it's thunderbird i might be wrong about that uh and they have blank but she's wildly out of character so 
Um, anyway, Bobby <laughs> to Lorna is like, why didn't you tell me later? Let me know something. And Lorna just goes, I needed to start over without the X-Men, without you. <laughs> okay, Which, this is kind of bonkers. This is like really, I, I can't even imagine doing this. Like it is really strange to just be like, sorry, I had to completely destroy you emotionally and like make you think I was dead just so that I could join this other team when she could have just dumped him. She could have just been like, you know what? I don't like being the beard for a gay guy. (laughs) Turns out. She could have just dumped him and like, I don't know. Anyway, Bobby's like, I would have come. I would have. And Lorna goes, when I joined X Factor, I also fell in love with Havoc. Havoc and I are fighting to make things better for mutants. I'm using my powers to help people who need me. You've lost touch with that, Bobby. And when you did, I lost touch with what I loved about you. I'm sorry. And Bobby just goes, you'll get over it and turns into ice. Which is a weird thing to say, Bobby by is the like way. a catty bitch in this episode, basically, where he's like, okay, like, I hate everybody. And I don't, I have no love for anyone. But also, he basically killed people in order to find his ex-girlfriend again. And then when he found her, she was like, oh, yeah, so I faked my own death to get away from you. <laughs> Which, like, is Bobby so terrifying in this version of him that people would need to fake their own death to get away from him? Because, like, that's dark that, I mean, that is really dark, but also, like, why is that just did any Lorna of that being, like, overdramatic for no reason and being like, I'm tired of Bobby and I kind of want to join this cool mutant also, team. Also, it kind of, like, insinuates that she had already fallen in love with Havoc. So was she already part of the team, like, before she faked yeah. her death? I just so she could so, go fuck because Havoc. she says Forge recruited me in Seattle because of my experience with the X-Men and then she left. Yeah, you're right. So okay. like and faked her own disappearance after she met Forge and was presumably recruited at that point. So yeah, basically she was secretly working with Forge. Okay, and okay maybe but Havoc. Hold, excuse me. If she was like faking her own disappearance, why did she leave a piece of paper in her yeah, apartment like, she... that said exactly where she went? I mean, that's part of why it's like really overdramatic and silly because it's like, so did she secretly want Bobby to find her? and like what the fuck is her problem like i, I mean okay know, you're right and i take it all back this is pretty accurate for polaris because that's the kind not, of shit she would pull but i wish that was better written because like you really have to extrapolate all of this like the episode doesn't really land well, also they out. needed to, they didn't give like the actress like any kind of like indication of like how her voice should even be so she's kind of like teehee i did this thing that fucked you over bye it's like that's not who she is <laughs> anyway jubilee runs after bobby and then we go back to the x mansion for one last moment where jubilee's like crying she's just like sobbing now and she's like don't go bobby and i was like wow is this like Listen, jubilee, being a teenager wait, is hard what? you're really horny and you just get really intense crushing i know i like jubilee like just like took it to 11 all of a sudden uh and xavier's like yes maybe you should stay and we can all start over like xavier's just like, like we can all really continue fucking that's you. gonna work and bobby just goes rejoin the x-men nothing's changed professor by this afternoon i'd be driving you crazy yeah you're still a piece of shit xavier bye and jubilee goes come on i like having someone around who can get into trouble instead of me and bobby goes hey thanks kid you're okay i'm counting on you to keep this big shot on his toes after i'm gone and then he turns into like Elsa's away is what I wrote. <laughs> Elsa away. Because he basically uh, creates these little ice stairways for himself like Elsa does where he's just, you know, he's just yeah, Elsa he, like, slides away. away and Jubilee's just like sobbing and she's like, you think we'll ever see him again? And Xavier's like, I can only hope so I can manipulate him some more. And Jubilee <laughs> just ends the episode by going, he's gay, right? The end. <laughs> this episode is not good. Oh my God. I was surprised that we managed to get like a good 
45 minutes of us covering it. I thought we'd blow through it to be like... Well, it's because there's like 600 lines in it. Like I know. And some of them dialogue. are like lines that are just being said to each other, but it's like not an actual conversation. Okay. I mean, is there any politics in this episode? I guess let's see what we can do. I mean, there's kind of politics in the sense that the government is involved in like funding and supporting X Factor and like Xavier doesn't know about it. And so there's like these there's like literal in show politics where it's like, oh, the X-Men aren't the only ones. And we've kind of already seen that with like the Canadian government and Wolverine's other ex-boyfriends. And like now we're kind of hearing about these other mutant teams and teams of people that we don't know about. And that's maybe good or maybe bad because now no one can work together. But I don't know. The show doesn't really like do anything interesting with that, you know? No, it's, I agree. And it's, it's just like, like presented and then it's like, well, that's fun. There's a bunch of other mutants like also doing stuff, but you never see them and you'll never hear about them again. Bye. Like So, okay, but like I'm trying to even think if X Factor comes back ever, do they? No, I I think they do because they I think they do have have it back. I could be totally wrong about that. So, X Factor is a legitimate comic book I, i'm just going to do a little history here so oh, we, sure so you know and the, our listeners know where the original x factor were the five original x-men who had quit the x-men and they went off to become like a masked team of vigilantes and then after that the second x factor was literally this one that we're looking at that was quicksilver polaris havoc multiple man Wolfsbane Forgent, Strong Guy, and they were sponsored by the government. So that is correct. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to do that. And then the X Factor that came after that was uh, not a full decade later, like a little under that, in which it was the detective en- agency run by Multiple Man. And that one was actually really awesome because I had Richter and Shatterstar in it and finally hooked those guys up. But those are the different incarnations of what X Factor have been. And uh, I just wanted to clarify that yes they are a government sponsored like i think they like it is that concept of what if we use mutants to control mutants but like in a peaceful way and like you know like i don't know it's uh, i'm trying to think of a good well the avengers have storylines where they work with the government too and they're kind of no but i'm trying to think of something that's like not marvel that would kind of be a good example to compare this to and it's just not striking me right now yeah i mean there's only really superhero things that you can compare something like this to yeah like i think there's definitely like uh, you're right uh, like a kind of a justice league component to that too where you know the justice league is crazy so they kind of have their own justice league within the government to control the justice league that's kind of like what's (laughs) happening here yeah you know yeah pretty much and like i think that's kind of like what's what's happening i don't know if I, this is a, a, a very bizarre thing to compare to real life. Like, I feel like the only equivalent to it is like there are obviously like special forces divisions of people who like go undercover in situations like yeah, but this. But then to at like that, they're spies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like yeah. it's not it's not really the same. It's just like this is something that can only exist in like superhero fiction, where it's like, right? Well, what if you know these other superheroes get out of control? We need a group of superheroes to like keep tabs on them, so that there's multiple superhero groups that are not all just one thing. I mean, I kind of agree with that logistically from like an actual government standpoint, where like. You you do need multiple groups of people like to keep tabs on each other as opposed to just having like this one big thing or one person. Yeah. Like, I think that that makes sense and is like realistic for a story about superheroes to be like, well, 
it would be kind of shitty if the only group that existed were this government subsidized group of mutants and like they were the only ones that were allowed to be vigilantes and everyone else was considered a villain but instead what we have is like we have the x-men which is basically like a private security like activist group that's like kind of maybe not legal all the time and then we have something like x-factor that's like a little more squeaky clean and then you have like these other groups in other countries and then you've also got like super villains and shit and like magneto doing whatever the fuck he's doing and like (laughs) the fucking circle club or the hellfire club oh my god yeah imagine magneto working for the government i know right he would never magneto's not a fucking cop he would never do such a thing but like yeah i don't know i think it's like an interesting way to reflect how something like this might actually work if superheroes were real so it seems realistic to me um yeah i mean i think it's realistic within that universe and it's like it's kind of hard to even pull apart the the politics of that because there's not a really good comparison but if you listeners have a, a example that you want to provide for us please email it to us at the mutantages at gmail.com because yeah, love I, to I would love to hear that if, if you have a comparison to the real world that we're just like totally missing please <laughs> yeah. email us because that's, might that's be important some fun ones that we just don't know enough about special forces teams to know about but yeah right. there's this isn't a very political episode it's more just like a drama episode yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. Other than it, all the weird. I mean, it's it's a sexually charged episode for well, sure. Well, we're not gonna do that section yet because we have another big section we have to do. Oh my god, it's really big, all almost right, as big as I'm his ready. ego. Great. Uh, ready? Uh huh. Who's that? X Man. It's X Man. I mean, Ice Man. X Man. X X Ice Man. I'm ready to hear about Bobby. I'm ready. It's like one of those characters that has been around for too long. I know. Um, because he was part of the original X-Men. So his full name is Robert Louis Bobby Drake. Okay. Great. Okay. Uh, created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. And his first appearance was X-Men number one. One of the original five X-Men. Uh, his powers are cold and ice manipulation and the ability to assume an enhanced physical form made of salt ice although originally he could only turn himself into a snowman that was a later development snowman snowman robbie flake aka ryan's character Ryan in our x-men parody that we made yeah you could go watch that on our youtube channel uh we created that in our teens and we like then watched it later and laughed really hard bobby was born in floral park long island of new york his powers first manifested when he was on a date with Judy Harmon, but the local bully named Rocky Beasley tried to take Judy for himself, and Bobby defended her, but accidentally turned Beasley into a block of ice. This caused a mob in the town to come after Bobby, so the sheriff put Bobby in a jail cell just to protect him. And then the jail cell was blown apart because then Scott Summers showed up and tried to recruit him, and Bobby was like, no! I don't know why he said that. Um... And so Xavier went to talk to Bobby's parents and parents, Bobby's parents were like, you know, I think you should go to the school because like they could train you and you're too dangerous here. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bobby at the school was always the self-conscious one because he was originally the youngest X-Men and also gay, but not outed for a very long time. He, during that time, became really close with Hank and Scott and Gene. So those are like his besties. But he also became really good friends with Johnny Storm, the human torch of the Fantastic Four. Uh, it's also questionable if those two were fucking. Uh, <laughs> I mean, a lot of people like to believe that because Johnny Storm, even though he's he's like Bobby, where he's like, women are so hot. And it's like, okay, you're like either gay or bi, but like, let just, just fuck calm each other. down. Yeah. <laughs> Stop overcompensating so much. Seriously. So Bobby pursued a relationship with Lorna Dane. 
but it didn't last because after the X-Men were captured by the Krakoa, Bobby along with the original five X-Men all quit together, which is why I was confused as to why Cyclops was like, only he quit. Well, uh, they can't have everyone quit together and still have this show. I know, I sense. know, you're right. Uh, so Bobby moved to the West Coast and became a founding member of the Champions until that fell apart. Um, and then Bobby then joined the Defenders until they disbanded, and then he just became an accountant. So that is legitimate, just FYI. The original X-Men, including Bobby, reunited to be a new superhero team, X-Factor, in which they were the Masked Vigilantes, which I talked about earlier. Uh, and also a good run if you want to read that. It's from, like, I think either the late 70s, early 80s. I can't remember. It was like it, it was like a weird time period, but it's like good shit. During this time, Loki had tried to capture Bobby to use his powers against the Ice Giants uh, until he was rescued by Thor. Not really an important plot point. I just wanted to mention it because I feel like there might be a lot of Avengers listeners in here that would <laughs> like to hear that shit. They maybe want to um, hear about some weird old 70s era comics. Yeah, exactly. Um, Bobby kind of watched over the younger X-Men, most notably Boom Boom, who he and Beast saved and gave her a better life at the X-Mansion. But for a while, he supervised all the new mutants and the other team, the exterminators, because Bobby, as you know, like the young one of his team and also kind of like a young rubble himself, kind of relates to the kids and like wants to like be their cool like mentor. So Bobby then developed a relationship with Opal Tanaka, who worked at a music store that Bobby frequented. And she had received threatening mail from a cybernetically enhanced relative of hers of the Tatsu Yakuza clan, because, of course, this is the X-Men. And that <laughs> is exactly the kind of shit that would happen. And Bobby helps her with all that shit. Um, after the Muir Island saga, which is when the Shadow King took over Muir Island and made everyone to hot, sexy villains, Bobby rejoined the X-Men and the X-Factor. So that's when he comes back to the team. Bobby brings Opal to meet his parents, and his dad is as a racist fuckhead, and he's like, we can't trust the Japanese. And then like one of her cyber samurai cousins busts and attacks her, and his dad is like, see, Japan is bad. And Bobby's like, fuck you, and they leave. Um, Bobby's dad is kind of like an ongoing piece of shit. Yeah, in he's the always a bigot, uh, like across multiple forms of bigotry. Yeah, and then, and then he tries to figure it out, and once when he gets better, he then like finds something else to be a piece of shit about. Um, and it's complicated. I th- I think his dad is actually. I hate I hate that I'm even saying this, but I do think he is a well written character in the sense that he's an example of somebody who actually does exist, who is yeah, like he a racist real. asshole like, who is trying the to like ones, I, yeah, and like sort of like over time is like okay, maybe I should change my perspectives because this is my son, but then finds another way to be racist still, and it's like or like a piece of shit. It's like somebody that's like thinks they're trying but honestly they're just like a huge fucking bigot yeah 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 uh when bobby fights mikhail rasputin bobby discovers that he can go behind beyond coating himself in ice and can actually become ice itself which is really cool um bobby grows apart from opal because he's obviously gay uh and when she's attacked by mutant haters he comes to her rescue and she's annoyed that the only way that she can get his attention if he's at is if she's attacked so she breaks up with him Mm. then this is a fun fact here's here's when emma and a lot of people kind of ship emma frost and bobby also which is kind of weird now that he's like completely out of the closet but here's why so when emma frost is in comatose state after trevor fitzroy unleashes all the sentinels on her students at the hellfire club uh she is like in a coma and she takes over bobby's body to go searching for her students and like uses bobby's powers in ways that he didn't even know that he could do like he like she was just better at utilizing his powers than he was because emma's the coolest (laughs) yeah pretty much and so then she finds out that most of her kids are her students are dead so she leaves his body um 
and that we'll, we'll revisit that because Emma and Bobby then kind of like have like a friendship after all that. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby invites Rogue to tag along to another visit to his parents in which his father just is, assumes that they're dating and screams that mutants are bad and that he can't, he could condone his relationship with Rogue and basically calls her a piece of shit. And Bobby's like, tells that his dad that he's a piece of shit and that he should just accept him and then leaves with Rogue on a road trip that is more relevant to Rogue's storyline, but not Bobby's. During the Onslaught era, Bobby is chosen to fight a servant of Onslaught known as Post. Bobby's chest is shattered apart in his ice form, so he can't reform his body because he's afraid that, like, if he just, like, reforms, he's going to have a gaping hole in his chest and will die. Right, yeah. Uh, so he seeks out Emma Frost to figure out how he controlled her powers, and she doesn't want to help him at first until he, like, captures her, and she's like, oh, fine, I'll just deal with this. And he's like, you have to tell me what to do. And Emma's all like, this isn't about me. Let's confront your fucking issues, dude. <laughs> and so Emma gets into his mind and makes him confront all his problems with Opal and his dad and these simulations. And like, which again, even then kind of rode this idea of like, you're gay and you need to come out of the closet. Like they've been writing this shit for like decades. And well, so I it's, think they like couldn't do it yet. Like the publishers yeah. wouldn't let them or something. Yeah, but I do find it interesting that it was like Emma initially who was trying to be like, you need to come out of the closet and like then you can have full control of your powers because like mm-hmm. you're just holding back all it's the time. It's a fun storyline to do. Yeah. Um. And so after that, he finds out he has the power in himself to repeat and heal his ice form. Um. During Grading Creed's presidential run, which dark shit if you want to go back and read that in the late 90s uh bobby goes in to infiltrate his campaign and finds that his dad is in the crowd and speaks in the favor of mutants to bobby's surprise which then Mm. turns into graydon capturing bobby's dad and beating the shit out of him and almost killing him and then bobby leaves the x-men to go take care of his dad and kind of like repair shit with him yeah um and then there is like a whole storyline where bobby is kidnapped by apocalypse and does some crazy shit and like i don't care about any of it uh, you can look that up. And there's like I think a, it, I've it, read some of those, but yeah. Well, no, that, that's like it, it comes back later on when Bobby like swallows the apocalypse seed, which is like always the most sexually charged like metaphor Dang. I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. And he goes, "We'll get to that." Uh, during a heated battle with the recently evolved Black Tom Cassidy, Bobby receives another chest wound that does not fully recover and just stays <laughs> ice. So it didn't leave, didn't leave a gaping hole in him, but now he's just permanently ice. Nobody knows about it until Annie, who was the school nurse at the time, this was during a really weird era of the X-Men, um, calls bullshit on it and makes him show her the wound. And he's like, he admits that, you know, he's worried that he's going to become all ice, never be able to have human contact again. And Annie is touched by his openness and they share a kiss, but she immediately dumps him because he she's all in love with Havoc. And when Havoc and Polaris don't get married, Annie's like, Havoc's the one! That doesn't work out because Annie kind of like leaves after that series and have it goes back to Polaris, just so y'all know. Oh, I should also clarify that Annie's a human who worked for the X-Mansion because her son was a mutant, but she was like afraid of mutants, but trying to do the right thing. There's like all this weird racist shit that happens around Bobby a lot. Well, because um, he he now gets to be like kind of a double metaphor as like an actual gay yeah, character. Uh, yeah, I know. And like uh, going on with that is that also during that time, well... Bobby and Annie were all flirting with each other. North Star was also trying to flirt with Bobby and kept on being like, let's go on a date. Let's go on a date. I have the hots for Bobby. And like Bobby's like kept on screaming, but I'm straight. And I was like, oh God. Except for this one moment when Bobby like wakes up from being hit really hard and he looks at North Star. This was like two decades ago where he looks at North Star and says, hey, handsome, how you doing? And Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, 
they've it's been like trying the kind of thing that people put into a comic because they're just trying to throw you a bone as it were and yeah like, yeah it's yeah like the most uh, they can do. a bone uh-huh. um, after encountering azazel bobby is shattered from the neck down and is stuck in his ice form permanently or so he thinks he eventually gets out of that but we'll readdress that later uh bobby then joins rogue's teams and has a romantic relationship with her thanks to the fucking movies mm-hmm. um and during this time bobby discovers that his body can be completely destroyed and then pull back together again which is actually a great power to have because it basically means he can't die he's an omega level mutant by the way uh while defeating a shiar weapon known as the he- hecatome he shares a passionate kiss with mystique and it's really stupid and i hate that whole storyline and mystique <laughs> and him like have like what he thinks is a real relationship but obviously mystique wouldn't fuck a gay dude and bobby's obviously just using mystique i mean i don't know no who knows maybe bobby mystique was turning into a dude for him we don't know who knows i, I mean, mean that is the kind of shit mystique would do so uh, but it just turns out that Mystique is tricking him because she was working for Mr. Sinister and the Marauders, and she just wanted to get into Rogue's childhood home so she could take back Destiny's diaries once again, back to the fucking diaries. They <laughs> try to obtain him, but while they are trying to escape, Emma Frost reaches out to Bobby telepathically, and he's with Cannonball, and she's like, this is where the diaries really are. It's like in a bar somewhere. It's, I don't. That was so stupid. Uh, and during that time, Mystique shoots off Bobby's arm and his eyes form, but clearly it doesn't matter because he can regrow it. And Mr. Sinister then attacks and like, uh, it's all stupid. Uh, don't read those comics. The new X-Men, which is the second wave of like the new mutants that had like X-23, Dust and Mercury and all those cool characters. Mm-hmm. Um, they decide to uh, raid the headquarters of the Purifiers in Washington, but they are forced to retreat and Pixie teleports them all away, but they kind of get scattered all over the place and Bobby volunteers to go find them with the telepathic direction of Emma Frost. Again, there's a lot of like, this is, I can see why people ship Emma and Bobby, but I think it's people that don't understand that their relationship is like Bobby, like Emma knows Bobby's gay. Yeah. And like, (laughs) he's like, she's my queen basically. Yeah. Which, you know, even in a, oh God, in the, the recent like Phoenix Resurrection comics, Bobby was the one who suggested to everyone to apologize to Emma Frost. And they're like, no. Anyway, um, I'm almost done, I swear. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, so when Bobby and a, a few other X-Men go to LA, they're caught in the Lady, Lady Mastermind citywide delusion where everybody thinks they're a hippie. And Bobby goes into this like new hippie persona where he thinks his name is Frosty. And the and Lady Mastermind's like, all right, now I have to go kill Scott and Emma. And Emma, Emma immediately like finds Bobby and she's like, oh, come on. And she's like, fixes his memory immediately and then stops the illusion. And that's the end of that. But that's kind of how they get to L.A. and they settled there. And during that time, people were like, is Bobby going to come out? There was like all this fucking news about is Bobby going to come out of the closet because mm-hmm. they're living in L.A.? He didn't by the way wow. <laughs> because then after the events of schism when scott and logan had their breakup um logan opens the gene gray school for higher learning with kitty pride and they recruit iceman because they as the first recruit because they're like you you connect really well with the kids can you come and like be one of your mentors and he's like sure and then he starts dating kitty pride yeah also because of the movies <laughs> yeah Oh isn't my god! This the last one, the last straight relationship that he does before he comes out, or my yeah. There's actually somebody? there's a there's that yeah because you've read the comics that later when Kitty is like I didn't understand why we broke up until I found you were found out you were gay and, and that then makes she's a lot mad more sense. at him for not telling her. But yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, which is classic kitty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Bobby participated in the war against the Inhumans, and also at that point in time, the young Bobby was running around. So like, I should have I should have clarified that happened. Like, oh yeah, there's there a young Bobby. The, yeah, when the five dis time displaced X Men showed up, and like young Bobby is there, and that was really confusing because they were drawn honestly so similarly that I couldn't like tell them apart sometimes. I <laughs> so, feel like nowadays they're drawn pretty different. Well, it depends on the well, artist. it doesn't matter because he's not around anymore. It's just one of them now. Thank God. Yeah, uh, but. I do love the sense that Bobby, the time displaced, displaced young Bobby was talking the, to the young Jean Grey and like he was like yelling at Ileana. He's like, you're so hot. And Jean's like, come over here. And Bobby's like, what? And she's like, I can read your mind and you're gay. And Bobby's like, uh, no. And Jean's like, just gives him a look. He's like, okay, fine. <laughs> And which is great because he lives it's like there was this great conversation where young bobby then goes to confront older bobby about it and he's yeah, like okay which i think is cooler i i wasn't like as much of a fan of that gene moment because it's like it's really awkwardly written i i, I know agree you like i it, agree but, it's, but it, i do it was like a weird way to have the character finally come out especially after so much buildup. but i mean i remember right. reading it and being like okay fine but yeah then the fact that like older bobby has to deal with like younger bobby having been outed come out and like yeah because the younger bobby came out and started like dating dudes and they're like uh, yeah that part is funnier because then it's like young bobby like being happy with himself and also being able to do it while young and then older bobby has to be like well i'm fucking old and i've been dating women for like a decade or i know i know and what i like that young bobby comes up to older bobby and he's like you know i understand in my time why you didn't come out but i don't understand why you're still not out yeah you know yeah and and bobby's like like he doesn't have a a response right away and he's like you know i just it was already bad enough that i had a racist father right yeah and like like he had enough to deal with like like, that it was a mutant and like i was hunted down by a mob and like i couldn't also tell people i was gay because that was just too much for me to deal with yeah which i think works i I really do realistic i like i do too and i like the idea of young bobby confronting older bobby about it because it's almost like time for your conscious to yeah, like talk I like to you that. i think it's a you know? fun way to like use the weird time timey wimey bullshit of x-men to like do a cool storyline i agree I it's cool. like one of those moments i actually did enjoy and i was like okay that's cool mm-hmm. uh and then so then after that i mean iceman's been out and all that and uh I mean, what's really funny is that bobby goes to one of the teenage boys anol who's gay and out and he's like how do you date men? And Bo- and I was like, you do it this way. And Bobby was like, thanks, you're really great. And like, and I was like, I gotta step up my game if I'm gonna be part of the X Men. Uh, but you know, I mean, Bobby's been around. He's just been like being Bobby, like as a regular team member. But generally, they have written him as like his goofball self, but also like a happier version of himself, which I think is really kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And but we can get to this in a second. Let me finish going over the other stuff. Then after that, Iceman has gone on to have a bunch of solo series. That's him like dating dudes and like coming out to his friends and like also fighting other gayer dudes and like <laughs> they keep on releasing this comic book series because it's selling really well turns out that people really want a gay superhero yeah and the first the first wave with those comics were really good but the second wave were really fucking great too like i i love it and the main villain of the iceman comics was mr sinister which of course you know so they're basically written for you and so naturally you're enjoying them a lot yeah and and it's really great because it's just like him it's just like these comics of bobby finally fucking all these dudes including the new version of pyro who is also canonically gay Mm -hmm. so i mean it's been it's been really cool uh oh there was a there's a period of time where he 
had like this weird flirtatious encounter with Dakin and people really wanted yeah, that. And I comics, still kind of yeah. want that. That'd be hot. It's a fun, um, that's a fun comic. Yeah. And so, I mean, like that's kind of where he's at now. There hasn't been like a super <laughs> serious, uh, you, if you want to see, read some more recent stuff, I would recommend the two Iceman series that have come out just to see where he's at. But also, uh, I want to say that Iceman was one of the three main characters on the seventies Spider-Man and his amazing friends, uh, which was really cool. So he was kind of a, the first X-Men to really get any on-screen time for a really long... He's probably had more cartoon time than most of the X-Men, which is interesting. Yeah, although it's not that strange, because I feel like he's a really popular character and was, like, one of the originals, so... No, I agree, and eventually we'll get to that. It's a little weird that he wasn't on this show more. Someday like, we'll get to that weird. show, and seven years from now. Oh, yeah, who knows? Uh, who knows? So he, he does make a guest appearance on the animated series, which we know, and we'll see him again in Evolution and Wolverine in the X-Men and I did want to mention this, but X-Men Evolution, I didn't know this until literally today, but like apparently, you know, in the original lineup for X-Men Evolution, he was supposed to be the eighth member, but they can't him to put that made up character Spike on instead. So when like season two rolls around, they introduce Bobby and Spike goes away. He kind of takes Spike's Wait, place. Wait, why did they do that? Um, I think it's because they wanted more diversity on the team, but they could have literally picked any of the X-Men that were diverse. Yeah, like why'd they already? invent someone is more my I, that's question. That's what my question was. I'm like... I mean, like, they had Storm, which is awesome, but there were, like, a lot of other... They could have... Oh, that they did have Sunspot, but you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like... I mean, I can understand them being like, ah, we don't have that many characters of color, so, like, uh, yeah, I fair enough. I don't know. They, they could have done anything. I'll watch it, and I'll see what I think when I'm watching it again. I, yeah. It's been too long. And then Sean Ashmore plays Iceman in all the shitty X-Men films, and he also, mm-hmm. also voiced him in the Superhero Show Squad, and I didn't know that, or the Superhero Squad well, Show. that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't and know that And Iceman is also playable in a shitload of games. I'm not going to list them, because you'll eventually all see them in our Let's Plays. <laughs> I was trying to say something about Iceman being gay before that I wanted to come back to, and now it's totally gone. Hey, it's me this time, time traveling from the future. And no, don't worry, I'm not stealing Maddie's time traveling abilities. I've just been learning a lot about what body sliding is from Cable, if you catch my drift. What I was trying to say about Bobby that I had forgotten is that Bobby did come out to his parents. And as you can expect, they didn't take it well, which was an interesting piece of writing. Um, that Bobby's dad was so angry about it and was saying shit like, I can't believe you would do this to your mother, which kind of is probably hitting home for a lot of their readers um, but it does end with Bobby's mom coming in and saying you know give your dad time to get used to what you're going through because he always does eventually adjust but you know you have to give him time which kind of just sounds like bullshit that she's making up excuses for his dad but whatever um, I did want to address that like he actually did come out to his family uh, because they didn't say anything about that and I felt like that was important also, there was another storyline that I didn't mention where Bobby gathered all his female exes, which was like Opal and Lorna and everyone that he had ever like ever had any kind of relationship with. And while he had the apocalypse seed in him and was like basically like gathering them for like some crazy situation. And I don't remember. He like froze a, a city over and he was like, all my old girlfriends have to come over because I'm definitely not gay. So anyway, just wanted to include that. Anyway, I have to go back to body sliding with Cable. Bye. Well, Iceman's gay. And, you know, gay. we could do that section next. We could. Bada bing! The X-Men are
I mean, obviously the answer is Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, after everything just read, but also even like out of cut. So it seems to be like even back then people were writing him to be like a closeted man. I mean, and, like, I don't know. Cause I feel like they kind of try to shoehorn in Jubilee having a crush on him to kind of counteract all of I the mean, I guess, gay but, like, energy of the rest <laughs> of the episode. <laughs> okay. Because like, I mean, Bobby is like super gay with Cyclops and Beast and Logan and Xavier in this. But and then it's all also in different we're supposed ways. to believe that he's doing all this for Lorna, who is like not interested in him. So I it, know it's weird. It's it a is weird, weird situation. I, okay, so like, first of all, Cyclops is just like sexually charged. He's like, Bobby and I used to fuck and we're exes now and I'm so mad at him. And it's like, okay, it's calm really down. strange to see Cyclops this angry in an episode, especially like the way that he's yeah, like, unless they like, they make uh, they his were, like, face exes. so much angrier in this episode I know. than they and usually you, he do. He has no fucking eyes for you to see. I know. And I, I so like he's like that. snarling at people and it's like, I know it's very man, weird. Get over it. It is just your ex, but seriously. Also, I love that beast and him are about the same. I, I would ship beast and him. Beast. Yeah. They're pretty cute in this episode. I, I guess I could just say Bobby as the main person, but the Bobby beast pairing in this app is like a really cute vibe. I, enjoy I agree. It. But I also love that. Exe- uh, no, Xavier, that Logan is so <laughs> fucking jealous. He's like, there can't be two rebels that are sexy. And also like Cyclops is like too obsessed with Bobby. And so Logan is like losing his mind over it. And he's like, listen, <laughs> my current boyfriend is really bad at you. And so you need to leave because I'm the rebel for Cyclops. So you need to fucking get out of here. Oh my God. Or like, it's like such a, one of those situations that it would happen between teenagers when one teenager, like, let's say like one teen guy has like fresh on another teen girl or whatever. And so like, they are always like that. And then another one comes along, but that person who and had a crush on that cool person and never one. acted on it, right, like is now yeah. super aggressive. And it's like, well, I was here first. And this dude's in the middle is like, what? You know? <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, that's basically what the X-Men is when it's fun. I just wish this were like a better episode. Like, I mean, obviously we can invent all of these extra plot lines, but like there is not that much of this episode. No, that there is really actually isn't. that fun to watch. It's like pretty skippable, sadly. I agree. But. And then there's Xavier being like, I'm your daddy, bitch. Yeah, I hate, I mean, it is in character, I guess, except for the part where like, I don't understand what Bobby's problem is. So it's like hard to even understand his point of view in the I episode. I mean, like he's just like straight up killing people. But then again, it seems to be on the show. People just like straight up kill each other. And just like there's no like repercussion from that. Yeah, I guess. And also, like, could it maybe be justified by the fact that he thought that these people had kidnapped Lorna because she, like, faked her disappearance slash kidnapping slash death? <laughs> that is so, crazy. Like, why did that happen? <laughs> so, like, then are we supposed to be sympathetic to Bobby after all? And then is it just, like, the end result of the episode is everyone is an idiot and everyone just needs to go home and calm down? Like, that I think is they, basically... Uh, no, the, the end result of the episode is that everyone needs to have a hot orgy with Bobby. Well... Bobby's gotta go, baby. I mean, he basically just leaves and is like, yeah, I'm not interested. And just like, Elsa's away, as I said. Well, I know, like, seriously, like, Jubilee hits on him. He's like, uh, I don't do girls. Bye. <laughs> but he apparently doesn't stick around and hook up with anybody else that we know of. He did oh still God. head back to the mansion after that fight, and there's no logical reason for him to be there. So he probably, like, 
I don't know, got it in with Beast or something. And then he was like, well, anyway, bye. I mean, I don't know why he's there. Like, there's no I mean, reason I, for him to be there. Let, let's assume that he, like, he came for a couple days. He's like, well, I got to hook up with Beast and, like, clear whatever sexual energies between me and Logan and Scott. And just, like, do some quick danger room sessions with Logan and Scott. And, like, I don't know, yeah, maybe like, Gambit shows nobody up. Nobody come in while we're doing our danger room session <laughs> for a few hours, at least. <laughs> Oh, anyway. well, if there's a sign on the door, that means don't come in. I really wish this was a funner episode. I feel like our segments are making it seem so much funner than it actually was. I don't think anyone should watch this. We should rate the episode, by the way, because I give it like a 1.5 out of five X's, which is being generous. Too. It is. It's boring. Like, w- I, that's my biggest. Okay, but the reason it. why I give it a 1.5 is because the stuff with Jubilee is great. Yes. And it's nice to let we've uh, our biggest complaint for the past, like, 10 episodes that jubilee hasn't been jubilee, able to do anything and we finally get a good jubilee episode and it's like boring and everyone's talking too much and like the actual yeah. plot beats of the episode could be good it just like needs another rewrite like it would be more interesting if bobby like found out that lorna had tricked him and was like actually mad or something and like then that could be justified as to why he was acting like this but it's just i don't know it doesn't quite hang together right there's like missing stuff and something hangs but it's not this and it's uh, what is happening yeah okay I like how, did you hear that yes. <laughs> that's my ringtone by the way so if anyone ever sees us live someday you'll just have to deal with that in a microphone okay um reader mail i guess i don't have any surprisingly okay cool. we did we i know for once we don't have a reader mail which is sad so please write into us everyone write at, in. to the ages at gmail.com and like i was trying to keep up with the tweets too but unfortunately, I've been in a weird place for the past six days and wasn't screen capping things like I normally do because I got laid off last week. So I've been a little sad. But yeah. here I am doing the show. But you can help me and Maddie for doing this show by supporting us on Patreon. <laughs> yeah, please do. Ryan got laid off. And so that's really sad. Well, I mean, it's not just you. It's like the whole company. So um anyway our patreon is the mutant ages and you can find that and there's some really cool rewards on there and like bonus audio and video content and it all goes towards supporting this show and all the funny videos that we make funny and fun videos of like let's plays of all the x-men games and that's on our our mutant ages youtube channel everything's mutant ages now we have a twitter the mutant ages we do. and we have individual twitters i'm at Mitty myers i'm at ryan pagella and you can go find us on Facebook now under the Mutant Ages because Atomic Blue no longer exists. So you can find da, us da, there. Da. Yep. And on Tumblr, too. I just I'm, I don't really don't promote all those things. But, you know, I just want to. Yeah. I mean, you know, look for the Mutant Ages. We're the only thing called that. So you're pretty much going to find everything if you Google it. And yeah, and go to our YouTube channel. Did you say that already? I did. Um. Yeah, I think uh, I did everything. I did it Oh, yeah. Really oh, fast. actually, no, this is an important thing to mention. Um, if you go to our YouTube channel, that's where we've been posting our Let's Plays and the fun skits that we make and the animated shorts. But we uh, recently posted uh, a fan game that somebody made for oh the Mutant yes. Ages community, which is a Wolverine dating simulator featuring... Please go watch this video of us me. playing it. <laughs> me it's Ryan really fantastic. Dating Wolverine. And it, yeah, right, no, it's about you, Ryan. It's really right, funny. If you listen to more than just this podcast, like if you listen to Worker at Valley, which is our other 
uh, then it's extra podcast. double funny if you listen to Warcraft Valley. But honestly, yeah, even if you stuff. don't, if you are familiar game. with Warcraft Valley and you just listen to this show, it's plenty. It's plenty for you to enjoy this fan game. Yeah, it's super, and you can super you good. can find it on YouTube. It's under the Mutant Ages. Um, and also there's a link there if you want to download the game yourself. And Elliot Lash made this, and it was really fantastic and touching. We laughed really hard, which you see on the video. But mm-hmm. like, you know, he wrote in and told us, and he said, "I made this." for the community so like if any of our listeners wants to play this mutant ages related game which is a sexually charged wolverine <laughs> dating simulator based on our commentary believe. and our our ryan goes on a date with wolverine scenarios yeah. um go for it it's, it's really it's really fantastic and i can't I, believe someone made this it's really i mean i can't either awesome. but i'm so happy it exists <laughs> it's really really cool so please. it was very honorate i was like i felt like honored you know yeah, what i mean like i do I, it was like one of those moments like where i've seen like other youtubers or whatever like play fan games that their friends but have, we have such a like friends. little awesome close-knit community of people like we're not we don't have millions of subscribers or anything no, and we I, just I have thought this was like really little sweet, community, you know? which is really really awesome yeah so. it was a, it was awesome and i don't know i keep on saying it's awesome because i, I don't it know what is. else yeah. i was blown away by it too and i really hope that our listeners check it out and, right. and give elliot lash a, a tweet or whatever of consideration if, if you dug it because it's and awesome. you can go subscribe to our youtube channel yeah and most importantly we need reviews so please review us on whatever platform. listening thing you have of your choice you listening know, thing listening platform. things you know however <laughs> you download podcasts oh my yeah. god okay i think That's we did of, it all the plugs uh, yeah. are, are plugged yeah including mr sinister's butt plug which katie got for me on our dollar store challenge wow okay <laughs> okay that's all you have for that you're like okay i don't i don't know what to say except that i'll see you next time oh yeah see you next time and in let in less than two months we're going to disney world where i'm finally going to meet wolverine oh my god <laughs> wolverine is definitely gonna be there and he's definitely gonna hang out with us that's yeah. real anyway and bye. all and all the cast of the x-men and warcraft valley bye i see you next time bye 